We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 31st, 2010. We're going to get right into the next part, which we're going to give you some golf updates. And the first one's entitled, Ricky Ott, People Are Now Dropping Dead in the Golf. And this is from October 24th. On the six-month anniversary of the oil disaster in the Gulf, we are still witnessing a complete media blackout. The people, and particularly since they supposedly capped the well, you know, now it's a non-issue, right? The people, particularly in Grand Isle, have been poisoned by tyrants that care more about their pocketbooks than human life or the earth itself. According to Ricky Ott, the marine toxicologist... I'm sorry, I was just correcting something there. According to Ricky Ott, the marine toxicologist and Exxon Valdez survivor, uh, the people that did evacuate the Gulf are glad they did, and for good reason. Now, listen, that's me. (laughs) I did, and I was in southwest Florida, but I felt a very heavy conviction to get out of there, and as soon as I tried to get out of there, God opened the doors miraculously for me to move up to North Carolina. So, I'm not coming down on anybody that's still down there and judging them or any way, shape, or form. I'm just telling you, I felt a very heavy conviction as this thing has progressed to get out of there. And I would still, my, my advice hasn't changed one iota, and I think you're going to see why. Going further, she says, I'm dealing with about three or four autopsies right now. I know of people whose esophaguses are, dis- are dissolving, disintegrating. Because that's the esophagus is you know um, you know the the uh, where when we swallow food the food goes goes down the esophagus into the stomach okay and that's also where you would inhale air it would pass through there into the lung field so their esophagus are dissolving disintegrating I know of people with four point seven five of their lung capacity left and enlarged hearts all of these people have oil in their bodies. The Gulf spill is admittedly a Department of Defense operation, as reported by the Army Times and the Intel Hub. Multiple C-130s military Coast Guard, along with various types of Evergreen Air aircraft and boats, have been used to carry out spraying operations in and around the region. Boats equipped to spray have also been spotted and well documented by journalists um, such as Dar Jamal, there have been reports of out-of-state contractors and military conducting spray operations in and throughout the region. Reports are circulating of deaths, along with people finding VOCs and other toxins in their bloodstreams. The reports also include dizziness, sore throat, and trouble breathing, all symptoms of chemical exposure. Unfortunately, the region's... Econ- and I have gotten many, many testimonies from listeners confirming this. Okay. Uh, the region's economy has been devastated, the, with the fishing industry being the hardest hit. People have lost their medical insurance and more, as they are overwhelmed with financial and toxic doom. Groups such as Project Gulf Impact and even some law firms are extending a helping hand to people in need. One of the most unreport, unreported cases of murder, corruption, and poisoning is taking place right here on American soil, while the sleeping masses escape reality due to corporate media control. Yeah, I don't think I could have put it better myself. Now, just some other golf updates. I'm going to play a clip, but some other golf updates that just I got from today. I can't keep up with them all. I still can't. Now, these are from different independent sources. These aren't just from the same place. It's on um, one of the same sites, but they're pulling them from different news 
agencies that are reporting on them on a local level or independent reports coming in. Uh, first one's entitled, It's Raining Bacteria. Uh, rain can spread flesh-eating microbes via bioaerosols, also led to skin allergies and rashes. Next one, Florida tar-like sub- substance is being found in fish. Fishermen saying oil is getting into the food chain. Next one, fish organs are not the same color as they used to be. Says BP worker. You cut them open and they're not the same. Next article, world-renowned scientist says currents will transport oil throughout the Gulf. Florida east and west coasts under threat. Um, Again, if you're in Florida, you're kind of sandwiched because as it gets more to the other side, you're, you're kind of caught between the two oil plumes. Reporter says growing number of people with health problems along the Gulf. It's chemical poisoning. And most of these either have photos or videos or to confirm what they're saying. Next one, 193 parts per million of oil found inside shrimp, purchased on October 22nd with lab results confirming it. Next one, more tears. My lungs are crippled. They found chem- chemicals in my bloodstream with a video. So these are just different ones. I, I could probably sit here for every week for three hours and go over all these reports, but I just don't have time to cover it all, and we've covered it so much in depth in times past. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and play this clip from Ricky Ott now. Okay, so we're going to roll this clip now. And I'm continuing my discussion with Ricky Ott. She's a marine toxicologist who survived the Exxon Valdez oil disaster in Alaska. She spent the past five, five months in the Gulf, and she's now in the Bay Area where she was just attending the Bioneers Conference. So, Ricky, on the six-month anniversary of this oil disaster, talk about what we're not seeing in the media. What is happening in the Gulf? And the last time you were on my radio show, you said that when people ask you what they should do, especially people with children, you tell them to evacuate. Do you still offer that? Are you still offering that advice? The people who did evacuate were glad they did. Wow. And yesterday, I literally talked to two people. So six-month anniversary, I spoke to two people in the Gulf yesterday, one who is sick enough to evacuate now. He is relocating for at least a year out of the Gulf. And another woman with a grandson whose little two-year-old baby is so sick, they actually took and did a blood solvent panel on him to see if the little guy has picked up too much oil. He just can't. He's on his third round of antibiotics, a little two-year-old child. I mean, this is, um, this is what we're left with in the Gulf. And I've given, you know, a number of talks now, and people are just shocked um, that people could, um, that public officials would allow people to come to a dangerous area or stay in a dangerous area, so invite tourists in and say, it's safe, the water's fine, come swimming, here's our president going swimming, great public relations, for who? Um, the money, the money people, not the people who live there um, and are basically filtering all this oil that, in the air, in the water, um, they go swimming in the Gulf. I know a 16-year-old boy, perfectly healthy, an athlete, he went swimming in the Gulf in late August. And suddenly he's sick. Mm. Um, and it, it, the medical community in the Gulf is not trained in the specialty field of environmental medicine. So they're going the traditional route, the way they've been taught. Oh, maybe this is scabies, food poisoning, heat stroke. And unfortunately, I know of many, many people who are just simply not responding to multiple rounds of antibiotics. And they need 
They need help. They need the medical community to get educated on chemical illnesses, diagnosis, and treatment. Tell us a few more stories because we're not hearing these in the media. We're, we're definitely not. Um, I know of uh, three people who went to the beach. Uh, this is in late July. Um, actually, no, it was July 8th. Uh, and this is Destin. This is right where the pet president was swimming. Um, husband and wife and a friend. The two men went swimming offshore. They got covered in an orange goo. Um, thought, yuck. Came back ashore. All went to the hotel, took showers, went out for drinks. All three of them felt like they'd been slipped Mickeys. And these are three people who are really good friends. They've been drinking before. This is like when you take medicine, you're not supposed to take alcohol for exactly the same reason. Because the, um, the, the alcohol, or in this case the, um, the hydrocarbons, um, dilate your blood vessels. And suddenly you have a great big dose of oil, uh, the alcohol. So, Sorry. The alcohol dilates your blood vessels, and all of a sudden it releases all the oil that you've absorbed during the day or whatever it was. The toxic chemicals suddenly are all through your body. Mickey effect. People went home. Um, one of the, the husband who was, was married took a one-week job in the Grand Isle, very toxic place, uh, Grand Isle, unfortunately. Um, and one week only, came home. In the middle of um, August, just before I published Bioremediation or Biohazard, he dropped his mother off at work, he dropped his child off at school, his wife turned around because she heard a strange noise, and he dropped over dead. Mm, dead? Dead. I am dealing with about three or four autopsies right now, and people um, wondering what exactly was the problem. I know of people who are down to 4.75% of their lung capacity and have an enlarged heart um, to make up for the reduced lung capacity. I know of people whose esophaguses are dissolving and disintegrating. Now, all these people, have, these people have oil in their bodies, upper 95th percentile. So this is not one or two. This is enough. People in the Gulf motivated. They took their own air quality samples. They took their own water quality samples. They know about the air inversion that sets up on the beaches at night and allows the pollutants to be trapped in the warm air and concentrated close by their homes at night where they're breathing to very dangerous levels. They, then those levels, as soon as the cold air layer um, warms up, those levels disperse. And so when was EPA doing their air quality sampling? Between 10 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the afternoon when... There was nothing in the air. But at night, people are breathing dangerous levels. I think about four to five million people in the Gulf were exposed to either an acute or an intermediate level of oil at dangerous levels that is going to have incredible ramifications in public health. And I think this is the issue that will bring this back in the news by the one-year anniversary and possibly even force a president out of office for lies um, in another two years. I mean, it is really that big. There are that many sick people. We're relying on documentary film crews, um, independent media now, and definitely the people in the Gulf to keep networking, keep these stories alive, and keep these stories coming out. Through God, what makes me so sad is I've been in touch with a number of citizen journalists down there who are documenting daily, taking photos and taking videos, and I've interviewed a few of them. These are men and women in their 50s and 60s who no longer have jobs and have no health insurance. So what happens to the people who 
are without health insurance. I mean, what, what's going to happen to them? A couple of things. One is a lot of people, because they, their jobs were trashed, they had to let go things like health insurance. And now, you know, they're sick. Mm-hmm. What can they do? Congress has passed a new law that I'm still trying, it's in the writing process right now, to allow people without health insurance to use their Medicaid to get treated for chemical illnesses. So this is a positive thing. Um, the other thing is that people who are really sick are t- signing up with lawyers, and the lawyers are paying for them to go out of region and access the appropriate medical care, um, occupational and environmental medicine doctors that are in Colorado, in Detroit, in other areas, in New York. And it's sad that the Gulf could be building this capacity for um, health care. I mean, it's a big petrochemical region. We have sacrificed the Gulf of Mexico. I was really embarrassed as an American to realize how much we have foisted off on the backs of our fellow Americans down there in terms of just chronic illnesses having to live with all this pollution. This is not acceptable. If it's not acceptable in California or, you know, Washington State, it's not acceptable down in Louisiana and Alabama either. They can have these industries, but they don't need to have this chronic pollution with them. Um, so, And the oil has also reached... The Pensacola Beach in Florida. The oil has far gone beyond Pensacola Beach in Florida. It's um, it's coming down in the rain, the yeah. oil and the dispersants. It's in people's swimming pools. It's in people's door stoops. Well, I mean, why, why would the government do this? These people are not stupid. They must know the health effects. I mean, look at Exxon Valdez. So many of the people who clean cleaned up, I don't even like using that term, but people who worked during Exxon Valdez died. They knew what would happen. Why would they allow this to happen? It was. It, it's, it's still a. It's because these giant corporations control our politicians, and it's really no longer about Republicans or Democrats. It's about oil at all costs, and that's got to be unacceptable. But even knowing that there's so much documentation, and that people could possibly die, and there could be lawsuits, and as you said. These lies are now being exposed. We just got that government report that found the Obama administration suppressed scientists who wanted to warn the public. 21 years ago, the cover-up worked for the administration. Um, And what BP is doing is playing off Exxon's song sheet and assuming that because there's even more corporate control of our government officials now, you know, the industry can cover this up. And what it didn't count on was way too many people and these, these chemicals coming ashore, the oil and dispersants. There's too many cameras, there's too many eyes, there's too many voices. I think the story is going to squeak out, maybe after the midterm election, but definitely before the next presidential one. So uh, the lies will out. I'm here with Ricky Ott. She's a marine toxicologist from Alaska who has spent five of the last six months in the Gulf, and we'll continue our conversation in our next, in part three. Okay, so that's the the sound clip from Ricky Ott. Uh, you know, she's she's down there firsthand, seeing what's going on. Uh, not you know, <laughs> we've reported hundreds of different stories relating to this, and uh, it's just horrific. Uh, next article is entitled "Massive Stretches of Weathered Oil Spotted in the Gulf of Mexico." Uh, this is from the Times Picayune, which is, I believe, a newspaper publication down there, some type of publication down there, and so just three days after the U.S. Coast Guard Admiral in charge of the BP oil spill cleanup declared little recoverable surface oil remain in the Gulf of Mexico, Louisiana fishers Friday found miles 
of long strips of weathered oil floating toward fragile marshes on the Mississippi River Delta. I've got even a picture of this, a, a boat going through this stuff. We can see it real well. Miles of long strings of weathered oil floating toward the fragile marshes of Mississippi River Delta. The discovery, which comes as millions of birds begin to move toward the region in the fall migration, gave ammunition to groups that have insisted the government has overstated cleanup progress and could force reclosure of key fishing areas only recently reopened. Yeah, I seriously doubt that's going to happen. Once the, you know, the, the fact that there's even any fishing going on is so incomprehensible. You know, just what I, I'm telling you, whatever you do, don't eat this stuff. Please. The oil was sighted in West Bay, which covers approximately 35 square miles of open water between South Pass, the main shipping channel of the river, and Tiger Pass near Venice. Boat captains working the BP cleanup effort said they have been reporting large areas of surface oil off the delta for more than a week, but have seen little response from BP or the Coast Guard in what is charged as which is in charge of the cleanup. You know, I, I highly question the the level to which anything has actually even been capped. Because if they're still spraying Corexit and things of this nature, well, they just keep trying to sink the oil. So the level to which the actual well has even been capped is very questionable. But obviously, thousands of feet down, hard to be dogmatic. Uh, but the problem is still just as horrific and worsening, the, the health conditions. So... Anyway, that I just wanted to, to kind of give you a report there to, to kind of update you on that. Uh, go to now a couple of listener comments and feedback. Uh, this was more of a prayer request. He said, Dear Brother Scott, I just got arrested by the police for street preaching on the weekend and spent the day in, day in jail. I believe this brother's from Australia. And this is the same place I've stood and preached freely for over three years. My court hearing is set for 11-9-10. 11-9-10. Please pray for me, wisdom, courage, and peace. The days are getting evil. Uh, the days are getting dark indeed, my brother. May the Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ, richly bless you and tailor, and may he guide and protect your ministry. Even so, come Lord Jesus, in Christ uh, Jesus, Paul. So if you could pray for Paul and his court date on 11, 9, 10, and leading up to that, I would appreciate it. I'm, I know Paul would, that you'd intervene in that situation, and that the Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified through Paul. Uh, God bless them. Uh, next uh, request. <clears throat> Dear Dr. Johnson, I hope that this email finds you doing well. I wanted to ask you some questions, if you don't mind. And maybe you could include your answers in an upcoming teaching, if you think it would be beneficial to your other listeners. My questions are as follows. Are there any alternatives to baking soda to replacing the fluoride toothpaste sold in stores? And what would you recommend to use as your mouthwash? Okay, let me... I'm just going to pause it for a second. I'm going to go get a few products I'm saying that, that would be good that you could get, and they're not very expensive either. Okay, so we'll do a little mini seminar here. Um, toothpaste, the one that I like, um, and again, this isn't carved in stone, but a lot of the natural toothpaste, like a lot of the ones from Tom's of Maine, they're not what they appear to be. Sometimes there's fluoride in there, and sometimes they use, uh, like, propylene glycol or anything with meth and those are those are really really bad chemicals the one i like to use is power smile by jason uh and there's i do believe they have a fluoride and a non-fluoride version which i think is horrific that they even have one i might be wrong or they used to but 
Get the, obviously the one non-fluoride, unless you want your lower brain lobes burned out and these types of things. Um, but yeah, that's the one that I would get. Uh, this one says no fluoride, no preservatives, no animal byproducts, no animal testing. And um, uh, definitely, this is a good one. It's peppermint, and um, that's a that's a really good toothpaste. So Jason Power Smile. Okay. Now, let's go further. Uh, deodorant. Uh, the one that I have come to find actually works really good and also doesn't really contain anything bad in it. Now, again, it's not a perfect world, so maybe there, there might be some questionable, but nothing with prop or meth. This one's pretty, uh, uh, pretty I'd say, about as good as it gets, and it really works as a deodorant. It's, it's excellent. It's aloe herbal by... Alvera, A-L-V-E-R-A, aloe herbal, all-natural roll-on deodorant, uh, and um, it's texasbestunlimited.com. Now, you don't have to go up to that website. If you go to herbspro.com or herbsmd.com, they sell discount vitamins that, I mean, you're going to pay like like half price up there. And their shipping isn't bad either. Particularly if you order in bulk, you can get free shipping a lot of times. And you can order the stuff. I would recommend ordering it in bulk if you can afford it because if you can get a supply of it, you know, let's say things get bad, you're not going to have access to these types of products. And any big company out there, any, I mean, going to the grocery store is like a landmine. Like, like going through just multiple, and almost all the products are death. That you whether whether they're personal care whether it's stuff you eat, drink, it's there's so few things I ever even can buy at a grocery store with with the knowledge level that I've got in good conscience at least to buy it. And again, they're just trying to kill us on so many different levels, and um, this you, you can't buy these these types of products in grocery stores and a lot of you know even going to a health food store. There's so many bad things even in there, like I'd said before about the canola oil and the soy. And a lot of times they have no, uh, you know, they'll sell products and they'll call them natural, and they're and they're they're loaded with synthetic garbage and chemicals and all kind of stuff. So you've really got to read labels. These things I'm telling you right now are the ones that that I use and recommend. Um, conditioner. Uh, this one. It's from the company Kiss My Face, <laughs> kind of a weird name, Kiss My Face, and it's uh, conditioner. They've got different ones, but this has no parabens or SLS, sodium lauryl sulfate is what that stands for when you see SLS. Sodium lauryl sulfate is a foaming agent. It's, it's death. It's very bad cancer-causing. They put it in anything that foams, shampoo, um, uh soaps, you name it, it's in there. It's in a lot of things. Stay away from the stuff. It's really bad. This one has a, a really good ingredient list, and it's a good conditioner. Now, the reason I say that is because the soaps, probably if you wanted to keep it as simple as possible, you could go up and get these uh, Calbin 5-Star Soap products. And uh, it's just pure soap. I did call the company and request a catalog to be sent to me, and I, I think I even called them and said, okay, listen, you don't have anything like, um, you know, uh, sodium lower sulfate, propylene glycol, whatever, you know, meth, stuff with meth, and they're like, no, they're very, very pure, this company's been around for a long time, 
Um, it's cowbensoap.com. www.calben. Oh, I'm sorry, calbenpuresoap.com. C-A-L-B-E-N-P-U-R-E-S-O-A-P.com. Now, this isn't on my 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 thing. You're just going to have to get this off the audio because I, I just didn't have time to go and, and put all the links to all these things. But like I said, if you go to either HerbsMD or, or HerbsPro.com and then this this website I just gave you, they have an 800 number, 800-340-7091. Now, this is also a very economical way to purchase these products because... Particularly at Cal Ben, you can buy it in bulk. And I'm looking here at the uh, shampoo I've got. i got a whole gallon. And, um, you know, it goes a long way. It contains extra virgin coconut oil, essential cocoa fat essence with vegetable protein conditioner. But I don't think, I mean, if you've got, if you need a conditioner, this isn't going to be the conditioner. I would say you'd want to get a separate one like the one I mentioned earlier. Uh, another thing that you can do is, is just a general boost to kill bacteria and viruses and things like that in your body is you get some food-grade hydrogen peroxide, food-grade, you know, don't do regular, food-grade hydrogen peroxide, you generally will end up having to make it and you have to be very careful because usually if you get it, it comes in like 17% or sometimes 30 and you can really burn yourself badly with 35 in particular. So you want to dilute it to 3 to 5% with distilled water. And if you do like a capful, a uh, teaspoon, teaspoon and a half, and you just swish it around in your mouth, not only will it kill all the germs, and it also helps to whiten your teeth, but uh, a certain amount of that will get absorbed into the bloodstream, and it does have a very antibacterial, antiviral effect in the body. Uh, if you do that with the mild silver protein, it, it will, um, it, the thing is, is that stuff, particularly the heavier stuff that, that I advocate, it has a, um, it's a brown uh, color because it's so concentrated and it, it has a, um, it won't help whiten your teeth, that's for sure. But if you brush your teeth right afterward, it's fine. But for somebody that would want like a whitening effect of their teeth and also something they could do every day, uh, but what I don't recommend is swallowing the food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Some people actually take it in. It's one thing to spit it out and kind of swallow what's in your mouth, but you, you want to be careful with hydrogen peroxide. This is why I don't generally advocate it, and I tend to advocate the silver more. Because if somebody gets into consuming hydrogen peroxide, uh, it causes a lot of oxidation in the body. That's how it works. And it will actually produce free radicals where the silver won't do that. So see, there's drawback, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to almost everything out there. Um, and if you're consuming food-grade hydrogen peroxide, you've got to be careful because you're going to be producing a lot of free radicals, which is one of the main things that age us. Okay, so if you're just swishing around in your mouth for a minute or, or two or three and then spitting it out, you know, that's one thing. But if you're actually consuming it, you want to be a little careful. You, if you do do something like that, you want to make sure you're getting in a lot of antioxidants, uh, a whole food vitamin C, uh, antioxidants, or things like lutein and xanaxanthine and xanthine and uh, oh my word, there's there's tons and tons and tons of antioxidants out there. Uh, but try to make sure it's from a food source if you're going to go that route. Oh, green leafy vegetables are, are high in them, and in fruits and things of this nature are as well. Okay. So, 
Um, those are some suggestions that, that I can say. Now, also with the Calvin soap, they've got a whole soap line where, like, you know, laundry detergents, dish soaps, I believe dishwashing, uh, as much as you can. And again, if you buy from them and you buy in bulk, it's really economical. It's not like you're going to be paying... You, you may have to pay for more at once, but it's not like you're going to be paying any more than you'd normally pay. And if you can afford it as far as just stocking up for the end times, because there may come a day, it may come very, very soon when we're not going to have access to any of this stuff. And so, anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that in, in, in uh, because it, it was a really good question there. Uh, okay, let's go further here. This is the new strain of swine flu emerges. This is from Reuters. Uh, H1N1 swine flu virus may be starting to mutate. A slightly new form has begun to predominate Australia, New Zealand, and Singapore. Researchers reported on Thursday more study is needed to tell whether the new strain is more likely to kill patients and whether the current vaccine can protect against it completely. So you can see where they're going here. They're heavily hinting toward, you know, we don't know if the... The vaccine is going to protect against it, which would mean that we all need more vaccinations. Um, However, it may represent the start of a more dramatic antigenic drift of the pandemic influenza H1N1 viruses. The antigenic drift, by that term, they mean when a slight mutation process takes place on the outer protein of the virus itself, and it starts to drift and change, and then all of a sudden, wow, the the, the uh, vaccines or things aren't working. We have to reformulate them. And that's the nice thing about the mild silver protein is things like this will, uh, resistant strains fail to develop according to University of um, uh, UCLA when they tested it in the lab. It, it, viruses, they, they don't have resistant strains developing to mild silver protein. Whereas something like supposedly like a vaccine or an antiviral or, or antibiotics in particular, that happens all the time. And that's why they have these new resistant super strains that keep popping up over and over and over again. And um, the website for the mild silver protein, just so you, if you want to have it there, is uh, www.drdr-johnson.com. That's the website. And you can email me also. I do have that special going. As long as I have enough of the silver, I can keep extending the special. It's getting lower and lower and lower, but as long as I have enough of the special, the silver, I can extend the special, which is like free shipping in the continental United States, and also $5 off each bottle, which is way better than you're even going to get it off my website, which actually the the factory put up for me, that website. So I can't extend it on the website, but I can extend it if you order from me uh, personally. So you can email me at drjohnson at the letter I, the letter X, dot netcom, N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com. My, all my contact information is also on continuefortruth.com on the right-hand side. And also at the end of part one of this teaching, we'll give you that contact information again. So, um, anyway, let's go further here. And it goes on to say, however, it may represent the start of a more dramatic antigen antigenic drift of the pandemic influenza that may require a vaccine update sooner than might have been expected. Oh, really? So we need to get another vaccination. It is possible it is more deadly and also able to infect people who have been vaccinated. So, sure, 
you, you, you better start thinking now, you know, about getting this second round of vaccinations. Uh, flu viruses mutate constantly. This is why people need a fresh flu vaccine every year. Yeah, tell that to all the people that are dead who've gotten flu vaccines and they die. I had a patient that that, that happened to. Lady came in, hadn't seen her husband in a long time. We had discharged him as a, a personal injury patient uh, at the clinic I was working at. And I'm like, where's so-and-so? I forget his name, but she says, oh, he died. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, he died a day after the flu shot. He got his flu shot. Happens all the time. It's never in the paper. I mean, I've never seen it in, in the paper. But it does happen all the time. People have a, a some type of neurologic or, or um, anaphyleptic re- reaction to all the poisons and the flu shots, and they're dead. If they were already at, in a compromised uh, uh, compromised um, state of health as it is, and they get that flu shot, puts them over the edge. It's all it took. It was like, you know. And so that's what happens to, to quite a few different people. And also the other horrific side effects that we've documented in so many other teachings. Now I'm going to give you a whole bunch of links to teachings that I've done on this subject, particularly ones last year when the flu hysteria was going on. I'm, I'm going to give you... A, ton of links to those previous teachings because it's the information then is just as appropriate today and I covered a lot of aspects of that that I really don't have time to rehash again uh, but for those that are interested I'll, I, they are in this PDF and you'll see the links and I'm trying to put my links in green so you can just scan through it. anything I've done teaching on you'll see a link in green uh, next one is from Mike Adams at Natural News. Vaccine industry has just now decided that injecting senior citizens with the standard vaccine dose isn't working. So now they've decided the way to make it work better is to offer a quadruple viral potency vaccine that that packs 400% more viral fragments into one toxic shot, shot. The target for this quadruple vaccination injection Well, senior citizens, of course, the very people most likely to suffer the most serious side effects and die from a vaccine overdose. Well, sure, they want to get them. I mean, they're they're the first that need to go. They're they're beyond useless eaters in their eyes, so they need to go. The FDA reportedly approved the new vaccine in April, even though no scientific tests have been done to show it reduces flu symptoms at all. Then again, since when did vaccines have anything to do with real science in the first place? So why do people need a quadruple vaccine all of a sudden? It's because all the other draconian methods of population reduction being implemented on a worldwide scale are not killing us fast enough, silly. Now I put that last line in, but it's true. they got to kill us quicker. What's especially entertaining about all this is the FDA's approval of this quadruple potency vaccine is a blatant admission that single-dose vaccines don't work at all anyway. Obviously, if the single-dose vaccine was working as advertised, then it would be 100% effective, and there would be no need for double, triple, or quadruple doses of vaccines. But all of a sudden now, that quadruple-dose vaccine is available. The regular single-dose vaccine won't be good enough anymore. I mean, why not get four times the poison? You know, you don't want one times the poison. We want four. More is better, right? I mean, that's, that's the mentality. So all the propaganda about getting a flu shot and you won't get the flu just turns out to be marketing lies because what you really need is a quadruple shot now. So where does this end and where and when do they realize the quadruple shot isn't working either? 
because seasonal flu vaccines just scientifically do not work on at least 99% of the people. That's why. I mean, and are they going to recommend then a uh, shot, a, a vaccine of 10 times the potency? I wouldn't be surprised. Of course, flu shots have never been about what works in the first place. They're about what makes the most money, not to mention the population reduction agenda. This new quadruple flu shot is being sold at about twice the price of the regular flu shot. Well, if you think about it, it's not a bad deal, I guess, because if it's quadruple, it's not quadruple the price. Only It's only twice as expensive. So, I mean, you know, you get quick, killed four times quicker and only have to pay, you know, double. I mean, where do I sign up? So this was actually a story in the L.A. Times, which is where the source article was from, and I give you the link there as I try to with all the, the studies that were uh, things that we're talking about. Next article: Patients' anger is they're unable to opt out of swine flu vaccine despite fears of side effects. This is from, I believe, the U.K. Patient groups have expressed anger over the year's seasonal flu jab program because people are unable to opt out of having the swine flu vaccine. The H1N1 vaccine will be the dominant of the three flu strains included in the shot. So what they're going to do is they're going to take the one from last year and group it into the regular flu shot, as opposed to everybody having to get two shots. Now they can incorporate it into one. And again, we reported heavily on the H1N1 flu shot last year and all the horrifically toxic things that were in it and the side effects. And again, I'm going to give you the links to those teachings. So there, there are going to be millions of elderly and vulnerable patients that will just get it automatically without really probably even knowing it's in there. Uh, yet many people have the swine flu vaccine, um, refused to have the swine flu vaccine last year when it was offered because of fears it may cause serious side effects. Now remember, this article is from a secular source, so they're not alternative media. They're not going to come at it like from an alternative standpoint. There does not seem to be any patient choice involved here. Either patients have both vaccines or no vaccine at all. Each year, the World Health Organization considers which strains of flu will be dominant in the winter. This year, they ruled H1N1 would be the dominant strain. Oh, well, good. I'm so glad that they have their crystal ball and they know exactly what's going to happen. The annual seasonal flu jab is being offered to about 12 million people. For the first time, pregnant women are included because of the dangers posed by the swine flu virus. However, some patients are fearful of having this year's jab. Now, again, I've reported on this, that the women that got the swine flu shot last year, particularly in America, there were whole websites, there were whole message boards devoted to all the babies that had been aborted and all of the miscarriages that were happening, literally, if not that day, within days of getting the swine flu shot. And again, it's all about population reduction. It's all by design. And these women were up there just lamenting about how they lost their baby. And, and it was happening on a huge, huge scale. Again, total media blackout. But that was what was going on there. Uh, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency received nearly 8,600 suspected adverse reactions to the swine flu jab during the pandemic last year. Uh, most involving pain or swelling at the site of the jab. Well, yeah, it probably would hurt them. I mean, they just ejected a whole bunch of poison into your body, and it's going to hurt. Vomiting and headaches. They also received 15 reports of patients with Guillain-Barre syndrome. That's where you get that debilitating neurological thing that, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really, really bad, Guillain-Barre syndrome. It is not known if the cases are linked to the vaccine. Oh, please, give me a break. 
Although a swine flu jab in the U.S. in 1976 led to 25 deaths from the condition, that's been well reported on by 60 Minutes. I've played those clips in times past. Please remember these numbers are severely underestimated, though. Okay, we're only seeing a small fraction of what the real truth is. Ah, my word, I give you, I don't know how many links here, well over 10 links on the vaccinations, on the swine flu in particular, and then I also give you one on transhumanism in the vaccines, how they're using the vaccines to tinker with our DNA. And the last article here is entitled, uh, Gestapo Government Orders Family Farm to Commit Financial Suicide by Destroying 50,000 Pounds of Cheese. This is also from Natural News, October 23rd. The United States of America is currently in the midst of a hostile takeover by a rogue government hell-bent on controlling the nation's food supply. Remember what I said about the chemtrails? How they're basically geoengineering the land where the pH of the soil, you won't be able to grow anything. So people that would be out in, like, let's say the wilderness or whatever, and, and maybe away from all the garbage that's going on, they still won't be able to grow their food. Because the land, the, the pH won't be conducive for you to grow in crops. I mean, we're talking draconian, uh, unbelievably evil things occurring on a global scale. And they're really, they're really doing their homework, if you think about it. They're trying to, to, to um, do this to the land ahead of time so that we wouldn't even be able to grow food. And this is why it's important to pray against these devil planes in the sky. Uh, because, you know, that's what's, I mean, not only is the stuff killing us, and you're inhaling it, and it's causing Alzheimer's and all, and setting you up for cancer and all, who knows, whatever, the manner of horrific thing, but it's also making the ground where we won't be able to even grow crops. That's that's one of the main goals there, and, and we just documented that in part one, or part two, I'm sorry, of this teaching. So, um, one of the latest acts of domestic terrorism, federal and state officials recently decided to go after Morningland Dairy, a family-owned dairy farm in Missouri, ordering it to destroy 50,000 pounds of raw artisan cheese worth roughly $250,000 for no legitimate reason. Now, raw cheese is the best cheese to eat, by far. Um, and they are making this, and it's very hard to get. You can get it in some health food stores. Um, Organic Valley makes one that I get at the local uh, health food store, but it's hard to get raw cheese where you, all the uh, the enzymatic activity in that hasn't been destroyed when they pasteurize it. That's typically what happens. So it, it doesn't surprise me that they went after the raw cheese. Okay, and um, the incident dates back to 2010 when the federal and state officials raided Rossum Foods, a private food buying club in Venice, California for alleged code violations. Government agents, listen to this, held workers and volunteers hostage at gunpoint and stole thousands of dollars worth of food products of a cheese company, including cheese from Morningland Dairy. And you can read the exclusive news report. Um, I give you the link there. You can, well, you can click on it at the end. According to testimonies, the agents confiscated Morningland cheeses from raw... Rossum as part of a sweep and put it in unice coolers for later testing. Even though California state law mandates that confiscated food be tested immediately, it took officials seven weeks to conduct the tests. I'm sure it had gotten pretty rancid by then. And no one knows where the cheese was or how it was handled in that time, other than it was not properly refrigerated from the moment it left Rossum. 
When the tests were finally completed almost two months later, they allegedly came back positive for bacterial contamination, which prompted immediate action by officials back in Missouri, where Morningland Dairy is located. Both the Missouri Milk Board and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration showed up at Morningland on August 26th at that point and embargoed the dairy from making or selling any product because of the alleged contamination. And you look at all the horrific garbage they're doing to our food supply that I document every single week. And they have the audacity to go in and shut down a place that's actually making something good for you. Raw cheese. I guess it shouldn't surprise us, but... That's what's going on. So for a month and a half, Morningland was forced to dump all of its milk and avoid all production, even though no official or properly conducted tests had proven there to be anything wrong with the cheese stock in the first place. The dairy was also forced to recall and destroy all cheese sold since January 1st, 2010. These devils. A month later, officials came back to Morningland Dairy and verbally demanded that it destroy its entire stock of cheese, even though an official FDA conducted swabs of the entire plant and farm and found no contamination whatsoever. I mean, this is just pure evil. The FDA did not, however, take any official samples of the dairy's cheese for testing, which makes them demand to destroy it all the more unlawful and bizarre. Morningland immediately con- contested the outlandish demands, pointing to lack of scientific evidence, lack of transparent protocol, and complete lack of any illness associated with any of its cheese. And as of this writing, the dairy is awaiting a proper response from authorities, which they'll probably never get. It's just they're going to be railroaded. I mean, I, and I, again, I'd ask you, you know, this is things that, you know, we can pray about. And um, uh, just a really sad state of affairs, and this is why all the more, you you know, whatever you can do to, to store up, you know, foods ahead of time. You know, with the coming and pending collapse of the dollar and, and with whatever else they may have on the agenda, the, the less you can be dependent on, on the system in any way, shape, or form, the better. And, you know, it's something that you can go to the Lord and pray, pray about. Don't, just don't do it because I tell you to do it. I mean, you need to have confirmation from the Lord. But the Bible does say that the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. The simple pass on and are punished, but the simple pass on and are punished. So, we're foreseeing a lot of evil here, and and um, the Bible says to go to the ant, consider the ant, which which store up, storeth up the food in summer, so that it has food in the winter. I'm, I'm paraphrasing there from the Bible, but the Bible does say that in Proverbs. So that is something that you know is not unbiblical to do. Now, if you're doing it out of pure abject fear of man, that's unbiblical. Okay. But if the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do these things, you know, I want to see Christians be in a position of strength and not of weakness when things get bad so that we can be as a beacon of hope for the unsaved. And even for the saved, That let's say they were deceived and deluded and not educated about these things. And, you know, this may be a tremendous opportunity for the body of Christ to um, educate and witness to a lot of people when things get bad. So that concludes the study for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for all of your goodness and mercy that you've bestowed upon us, Lord. Um, I do pray, God, respectively for all of these particular topics that we have covered, that you would intervene, Lord God, in them, that you would expose the darkness of, of every 
um, topic that we have covered this day, and in all the previous teachings as well, Lord, that, that your truth would go forth and that you would shed light on these particular subjects, that um, the darkness that are shrouded in, in so many of these things that we get into a, 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 on a given week would be lifted, the veil would be lifted, and that you would open people's eyes to the truth and, and uh, open their hearts and their ears and their eyes that they can receive truth and knowledge. And ultimately, Lord, that you could lead these people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I do pray that you'd forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord, in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that your name be glorified through the body of Christ, through my listeners, Lord, and, and through this ministry, and wherever your word or your truth is being preached worldwide, Lord, that you bless the widows and the orphans and the poor and the weak and the meek and those that cannot defend themselves and the babies and the unborn babies and the children, Lord God, and the women and, and, and men, that anyone, Lord, that... Um, that needs to appropriate, Lord God, your protection and your mercy, which would really include all of us, Lord, because we, we need your mercy, your protection, that your angels wouldn't camp around about them, Lord God, that we would walk in truth, and that your name be glorified through us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen.